Can y'all hear me? Yeah. <clears throat> hey, I'm, I'm, I'm actually really excited to speak today. Um, talking, talking about a totally a weird topic, though, okay? But I will get into that in a minute. I'm going to leave you with that suspense. Um, hey, has anybody uh, ever flown in a plane before? Has anybody in here not ever flown in a plane? Most, most people have. Okay, so this, hopefully this is a good analogy. Um, has anybody experienced turbulence while in a plane? <laughs> who, who, like, enjoyed it? <laughs> so there's, a, there's a, friend, a good, really good friend of mine who came from out of town into Grand Junction this week. And I was, uh, uh, you know, sat down with them and I was like, so how, how's the flight? But usually that, that question is kind of really similar to, how are you doing today? To like the random stranger, and you're just like, you're not really listening. Sorry, I do listen to you, but I'm just, you know, being like general here. And you're already thinking about the next question, right? Because it's kind of like an intro into a conversation, really. How's the flight? And I was already kind of going to the next question, like, and asking him about his family and all that stuff. And uh, he was like talking. He said a sentence, and I totally missed it. But he, what he said was, Dude, there was turbulence, and we were coming into Grand Junction, and the plane wouldn't land because it was too crazy, and the plane had to take back off again. They didn't touch down, and the lady next to me had to use the bag. Do you anybody know what the bag is? Oh, Lord, have mercy. I'm so glad that I've never sat next to somebody on the plane because you can't move. You're stuck, right? Who had to use the bag? Because usually I think if one person uses the bag, like multiple people end up using the bag. So anyways, turbulence, okay? I'm going to be talking a little bit about turbulence today. And it's kind of this unseen um, movement, okay, uh, that happens in our lives. And we sometimes don't know where it's coming from, okay? Um, So now I'm going to get my notes out here. And... What I'm going to be talking about today is the demonic. So, um, yeah, welcome to church. I'm so glad you came today. <laughs> and Wayne, thanks for giving me this topic. Right? Right? So, uh, but seriously, though, I, I am happy in, to be talking about this. And I actually, t- confession here is I kind of volunteered to give this one. <laughs> Wayne was like, I don't know about this one. And I was like, I'll take it. And he's like, really? I was like, yeah. So, so anyways, um, we're in a series right now, big picture, okay, is we're in a series right now about being an apprentice of Jesus. And, um, you know, last week was on, you know, the, the prophetic. The week before that, it was, was it prayer? The week, or inviting others. Then the week before that, it was praying. So the big picture is, is that as we're following Jesus, okay, as we're um, making him our master, he's, he's our, uh, the person who we look to, and he's apprenticing us. Or the Bible uses the term discipling, but we're using the term apprentice just because it seems like a little bit more common in our culture, right? If you're an electrician and you want to become a master electrician, right, you've got to be apprenticed, right? And there's, there's lots of different vocations like that. So what we're looking at is here today is How did Jesus deal with the demonic? Okay? And I just want to say this. uh, 
kind of, I'm, pr- I'm going to hit on, I could, I seriously could talk for like 10 hours on this. And I've only got like 30 minutes or something. So what percentage is that? 5%? So we're going to be going 5% here, okay? I have a lot of content that I want to share that I just can't quite get to. So what I, what I want to just full disclosure is this is the beginning of a conversation. Some of you might have um, a, a really weird experience with this. Um, that's okay. Some of you ha- may have like no experience with this topic and you might not want to, you know, and you might be like, Kurt, uh, I think I'm gonna go pee like 15 times during this talk because I'm like, I'm out of here, man. <laughs> so what I'm hoping to do is just give a biblical explanation and um, kind of what this is. I'm gonna share a personal story too towards the end. Um, but before we do that, I just wanna, um, can I just pray? Would you pray with me? Um, Father, we just thank you for the church. We thank you, God, that the church, um, that you love the church. You invented it, God, and that we thank you that um, there is nothing else on earth like the church. That you have given us, God, manifold wisdom. You've given us every understanding that needs to be understood that is at our it's just available to us through you. And um, we really are the hope of the world. And I just thank you, God, for that privilege and honor, but also the weight of that. Um, we can't hold on our own, and that's, that's yours. It's yours. You, you were yoked to you. You're the one that carries us. And so we just ask right now that you'd carry us through this conversation, God. Illuminate truths to us. Um, God, if I mess up and misspeak it for you, just erase it out of everybody's mind in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Okay. So we're going to stand for the word of God. And it's going to be Luke 13, 10 through 17. And um, I'm just going to read it from the screen. Um, now. He was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. Keep note of that, on the Sabbath, okay? And behold, there was a woman who had a disabling spirit for 18 years. Keep note of that. She was bent over and could not fully straighten up. So, okay, bent over, could not fully straighten up. Next. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, woman, You are freed from your disability. And he laid hands on her, and immediately she was made straight, and she glorified God. But the rulers of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, said to the people, There are six days in which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. Then the Lord answered him, you hypocrites. Here, let me try that again. You hypocrites, right? It's the exclamation. You hypocrites. Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it to water? Lead it to water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, make note of that, whom Satan bound for 18 years, be loosed from the bond on the Sabbath day. Hold on, go back to that one. I'm going to act this out a little bit. 
and ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? Next. As he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame, and all the people rejoiced at all the glorious things that were done by him. I think that was the last one, right? <clears throat> Thanks be to God. You can be seated. So, my first point is demonic activity is real. Whether we want to admit that or not, whether we've experienced that knowingly or not, um, is real. Um, a couple things I wanted to point out to you is that I really wanted you to notice that she was a daughter of Abraham, which if you put that in our modern day vernacular, you would say she was saved, right? I haven't used that term in a while, but that she was a believer or a follower of Jesus. If you put that in our modern day vernacular, she was a church-going lady, right? Okay? Just, just wanted to throw that out there. And that the weird thing about it was is that she had demonic activity in her life, right? Okay? I want to read uh, John 14, 12 to you. Do we have that one? This is kind of the, um, the theme that we've been doing in this big series on being a, an apprentice of Jesus. He says here, this is Jesus. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these we, uh, will he do because I am going to the Father. And so Wayne, Wayne really has had this up like almost every week for the last while. And this should become like a memory verse for us, really. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do. And I've been, I, I listened to a, um, a teaching, of, it was a podcast that Wayne shared with me. And I really wanted to, um, I really wanted to cite the guy's name, but he'd never put it, it wasn't anywhere on the podcast, but it was a, it was a great teaching. Out of that teaching, though, he, he said something that really stuck out to me and it had to do with this verse. Is he said that um, on that, you know, that we'll do greater works, but it's like, really? Greater works than Jesus? But what this uh, preacher kind of shared was that, yeah, Jesus was doing them, one, one person, right, doing them. But now he has transferred that power into millions of people. And millions of people are doing the things that he does, which could be considered greater works. Does that make sense? The impact is potentially much greater with millions of people all over the place doing the work of Jesus. So anyways, that was the um, John 14, 12. So he's saying that we'll do what he does, okay? And we just kind of looked at what he did, which was potentially awkward, for any of us to enter, enter into a situation where there's some kind of a demonization or demonic activity. Um, I want to read uh, Mark 16, 15 through 17. And I'm so glad, glad that Mr. Mark's here too today. 
Uh, Mark 16, 7, uh, 15 through 17. And he said to them, so before I get into this, before I act this one out for you, I'm going to give you a, a context for it. This is kind of like the last thing that Jesus said, okay? Like this is right before the ascension. Does, do we know what the ascension means? It's like he, 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 was, he lived a life. He was a perfect life, right? He, he died on the cross for our sins. He was buried, and then he was resurrected, and then he, was, and then he ascended into heaven, okay? So right before he ascended into heaven, before he left his physical presence on earth and went up to be at the right hand of God, he said some stuff to his disciples, right? So these are very important words, like kind of last words if you've ever sat with somebody who was getting ready to pass away. Jesus didn't pass away, but they would probably say something that was like a, a gold nugget for you, right? Something that was very important. So this is what he said. And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Can I act that out? <laughs> go into all the world, right? The whole thing and proclaim the message to the whole creation. Next. <clears throat> Hold on, I have to drum it up here. <laughs> whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these things will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. Did I, did I stop you on that? I think, yep. It goes, and it goes for a little while. The last, the first thing of the last thing that Jesus said was, in my name, right? He says after, he says, and he says after baptizing them in the name of the Holy Spirit, right? He says, these will be the things, the signs of my people. This will be the first thing he says. This is really interesting. The first thing he says is that they will drive out or they will cast out demons. Different translations say drive. There's, but they will cast out demons. Okay, anybody getting excited about that? <laughs> Awkward, excited, nervous. It's kind of all of that stuff, right? So here we are talking about... Um, following Jesus and becoming more like him and doing the stuff that he does. And Kurt's up here talking about really weird stuff from the Bible. And so I'm going to go to my second point, which is it's our solution. So our solution, so demons and evil and Satan is real, according to the Bible. It's from the very beginning. It, it is mentioned from the very beginning of the Bible, all the way through the end of Revelations, talks about spiritual warfare and demons and Satan and all this kind of stuff, okay? And so it is very much thread through the whole Bible. Um, the cool thing is, is that we have a solution for this. Nobody else, no other organization, no other type of um, thing on earth has a solution for this. It is unique to the church. I just, can I just say that y'all are the hope of the world right now? 
seriously, y'all are the hope of the world. Is Jesus Christ living in you, right? The hope of glory here on earth. And that's like a verse in the Bible. I just forgot it. Colossians 2.14 or something like that. I'll look it up in a minute. Jesus in you, right? Jesus offers power for deliverance, okay? I've been praying about this talk for weeks and weeks, and um, just this morning, uh, God gave me an example of what this is. And I wish my little daughter was in here with us, but she's not. Um, she's downstairs. God bless her, but... If somebody came into my house, okay, and, uh, and they weren't welcomed there, and if Haven went up to them, my five-year-old, she's super cute, um, she's bubbly, I mean, um, and said, hey, you need to get out, right? Uh, depending on the nature of the person, uh, if they were a respectable person, they'd be like, oh, yeah, sorry, I should have knocked. So sorry, five-year-old little girl, you know, who I don't know, right? But if, if somebody came in who didn't have a good nature, right, came into my house, and my five-year-old daughter was like, hey, you're not welcomed here, you need to get out, do you think that this person with a not a good nature who was trying to get in in the first place would see any authority in that little girl? to leave? Probably not, okay? Probably not. But if her daddy was standing behind her, okay? If I was standing behind her and she says, you need to get out, right? And this person with not a good nature saw me and I was like, <laughs> right? Then there would be some authority there, right? Okay, so let's go back to that verse, uh, Mark verse. And I just want you to pick out a key thing in that verse, okay? Um, okay, next. Err, the Mark verse. Am I telling you the wrong thing? I'll uh, it's Mark 16, and it's... 15 through 17, but I think it's like... Oh, thanks for correcting me. Uh, go to the next one. Okay. There we go. Thanks. Sorry. Thank you. Um, in my name, they will cast out demons. In my name, that's the preface, okay? Is so that Jesus, what I wanted to, what I want to kind of point out here is that Demons are real. We have a solution is that Jesus gives us authority in his name, okay? So, um, I've got a lot of content here, but I'm gonna jump into my next point in this, which means you don't have to be scared. And I'm gonna give you guys a, and gals a personal story. Um, this, was, this was when I was a young man and... Um, my hope is, is for somebody in here or many of you 
that my story will give you eyes to see like a window into what this, this walk or this journey with Jesus could look like for you. Um, you uh, might be new to this whole thing and you, you may have showed up today like, like what's church all about? And then here the guy is talking about demons, you know? <laughs> don't talk about this all the time, but this is a very important topic. But my hope to you is, is that you'll see God's heart in this um, and you as a, um, somebody who he loves. And uh, I'd give you a good representation of Jesus this morning. But um, So my personal story, that's why I'm telling you the story, just give you a little, hopefully a little insight of what walking with Jesus could look like for you. Uh, 18 years old, you know, something like that, right around as, as freshly out of high school. Um, I was uh, on this, I shared like a couple weeks ago, like I was kind of on this like search for significance. Like I just really wanted to know who I was. I wanted to know, I wouldn't have been able to put it in those words, but I wanted to know that I had significance and, and that I was, you know, not just like another human being on earth that, you know, millions and millions and billions or whatever and insignificant because I think it's really easy to feel insignificant um, in life. And I think that our hearts long to be significant and so anyways, I was on this journey of trying to find my significance. Um, it was in that, like, 18 years old. My, my older brother had died when I was 17 in a car accident. Um, I was, like, in, my, in life, I was wondering, uh, you know, how come he died? And, you know, where's he at right now? And, like, all those big life questions. And I was filling my life with um, the fun stuff, Right? the things that are kind of like the, the great, fun, big dreams and stuff. And so I was traveling all over the world. I was, um, I, I'm going to tell you a particular story. I was in Mexico with some friends. We, um, we were from Colorado, and we were like skateboarders, snowboarders. And so we were like, we've got to conquer surfing. And so we like bought surfboards. We didn't know what we were doing or anything and we were going on these surf trips for like three weeks at a time. And we would literally fish for our food at the beach. It was like Huck Finn for modern day, you know? And we would like eat tacos and, you know, we'd drink beer, but I was it was legal down there, you know? Sorry, Jonas and Sawyer, don't do that. <laughs> or anybody else who's not 21, but... Um, uh, and we were having like this, like I was, what can I say that I was kind of like living out of a false self and trying to fill something that couldn't be filled, right? In ways that would never, the, the promise of those things would never do what they were promising, right? Um, but I was trying really hard and, and it really wasn't working. But on one of these trips, and I just wanted to give you that understanding of who I was at that point in time. On one of those trips, um, I started having these dreams. And we, what we would do is we would, we would drive like, I think it was like 2,000 miles or something from here to where we were going. And so we would just like do sections of it and we would just literally pull off in some random place and like camp. And we just pulled off in this random place in Mexico, I didn't even know where it was, camped overnight. Um, and in the middle of the night, uh, it was kind of a creepy place. Like I felt a little creeped out, but I was like, oh, I'm with my buddies and stuff. But literally I had a sleeping bag on the ground, open skies, 
uh, woke up in the middle of the night and there was a dark figure over me and I was laying down like this and um, it had its legs over me, like bent like this and it was strangling me. I couldn't breathe, I couldn't move and I was fully freaked out. And I was trying to shake it off and I couldn't. I was, I was completely helpless. And I struggled with that uh, in uh, that, that dream. I can't even remember how it ended, or how, but I remember waking up to that. And then the next day, I was like, whew, like, freaked. I was really freaked because I was like, was that real? And then I, it took me a couple days to muster up the courage, but I was like, hey, did any of you guys see somebody in the camp? the other couple nights ago, and they're like, no. And I was like, no, nobody like in hearing noises or like, because I actually thought that was real, right? Like it was so real to me. It was like, like physically real. And so at that point, I was like, okay, it was nothing. It was just a dream, right? It's just a dream. And then over the, the course of the next few years, so I was around 18 until I was about 21, I would have a dream I don't know if it was a dream or not. Um, and this figure would be over me, choking me. And I literally thought that I was dying. Like, I, I, I thought that I was being strangled to death, and I couldn't shake it. 21 years old. Hadn't told anybody, because I was worried what they would think of me. Because my friends were like, no, there's nothing in our camp. What are you talking about, you know? And so in a little Bible study, so I got saved, right? I was a son of Abraham, right? Got saved, and I was going to this little Bible study with a group of guys. We were all brand new Christians, and the, um, there was one guy in that, and if we have, is, are we streaming? John, I don't know what your last name is or where you're living, but thanks for being there for us at this little Bible study, uh, is that there was a guy named John who a friend knew from a friend or whatever, and he knew some stuff about the Bible. And we were like, oh, cool, will you have him come and like teach us some stuff? Because we, we like, we're like reading it, and you know, you start at the beginning, and you're just like, oh man, this is really confusing, right? So John came, and he's like, yeah, you guys should probably start in the book of John. And I was like, he's just saying that because his name's John. <laughs> I was like, gosh. But it was actually really helpful, you know, to kind of do that. He, it was his suggestion. But then we'd have this thing called prayer requests at the end of the Bible study. And it was like, you know, the first time I've ever really been in a Bible study. And during prayer requests, I was just really, my heart was beating. I wasn't sure. I, just, I, I had just had one of those dreams again. I was saved. And I was like, I was like, hey, John, could I, could I talk to you after? Like, because I was like, uh, you know, can I talk to you afterwards? He's like, I, I think he could tell that, and he's like, sure, yeah. I'm like, what's up? But sure, it's something. So afterwards, I went to John, I was like, hey, look. Like a little bit ago, I had this dream. I've been having these for a while. Like, I'm scared to sleep on my back. Um, but I need to sleep on my back, because when I sleep on my stomach, I wake up and my back's sore, Right? And it's like this thing where I'm just stuck. I'm being controlled, right? I'm being 
influenced in a way that this thing, this is influencing my life. And I don't even know, and he, I, didn't, I was like, I don't even know if this is bad dreams. I don't know what this is. And he was like, bro, that's like, that's demonic activity. And I was like, like, oh God, I'm possessed by a demon. You know, I was like, oh no. And so he was like, it's, he's like, it's, it's, it's not that big of a deal. And he kind of walked me through. He says, hey, look, this is all you got to do. And I wish I would have, I, I have this memorized, but he, he told me, he says, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world, right? You guys know that verse? Great, say it out loud. Greater is he who is in you than he who is of this world or in the world, right? And I, I wish I would have put that verse up today. Um, he told me that. And I was like, and, and he explained to me, Jesus has power over that stuff. You don't gotta be scared. And he says, here, take, he says, take some oil. And this is where it got kind of weird for me because I'd never done this before. He's like, get some oil. He says, go around your house and just put a little cross on every opening. I was like, he's like, yep, doors in the bedrooms, windows out of the house, crawl space, door, doors, just knowing the doors. And so what I do, I got home and I was like, God, I hope nobody sees me doing this because I was living with my mom and dad, you know? I was like, you know, my brother was there and I was just like, kind of like going around the house and they're like, what are you, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, um, I'm, uh, <laughs> right? It's awkward. I mean, come on. It's a little bit awkward. So I went around the house and then, you know, you, you can't clean holy oil off, you know? You got to leave it there. So, I, I mean, you probably can. But I kind of like left it there and they were like, one day they were going to clean it. And I was like, hey, hey. And they're like, it's collecting dust. And I was like, just, can we just leave it for a little bit longer, right? So fast forward about a week, nah, two weeks, maybe a month, I don't know, short time frame after that. Sleeping in my room, had a dream that uh, there were two, and I didn't, and the crazy thing is I didn't know my Bible at this point. I just want to just let you know, I didn't know my Bible at this point, but I had a dream where there was two tall, glowing white, they were like 10 feet tall plus my room and my house, the house was like seven feet, you know? But in the dream, they were like these super tall, white, glowing um, angels, I want to call them, you know? And they had staffs, and they were standing like this on the right and left of my door. There wasn't even that much room in my room, you know? But there was, they were standing guard at my doorway. And in my dream... Peace flooded over me. It was a sense of God is with me and he is protecting me, right? That God has my back. And in that dream, I still remember it vividly. Um, I knew in my soul that I was gonna be okay and that I didn't need to be scared anymore, right? And it all connected with the oil and the praying and, reading my Bible and going to a Bible study. You know, that's kind of how I, the church is the hope, say it, 
of the world. The church is the hope of the world. Is that through the church, I learned that God is, has authority over the demonic, right? I can sleep on my back. I've never had dreams like that before since then. Okay? Is it weird? Yeah, it's okay. That's kind of weird stuff, you know? It's not your everyday kind of stuff. Um, did I have a lot of knowledge of the Bible? Did I have years and years worth of praying and asking God for, did I, I mean, it was simple. So what I want to say is in the name of Jesus, right? In the name of Jesus, we have a power that isn't available. Uh, it, uh, the name of Jesus has power over the demonic, and we can't do that on our own. Just like my little daughter, right? The example. Okay. Are you all tracking with me? Ministry time. We're going to do it a little differently today. You want to come up, Miss Eden? Um, yeah. So I was praying about this and I met with Wayne and I was like, you know, Wayne, um, I think that there's going to be some people in the room that are like, you know what? I've never known how to put my finger on it, but I think that there's something that's going on. And just like I was talking about this turbulence, that, that wind, like when you're flying, you know, where it just kind of like moves the plane, right? And you're like, where'd that come from? What was that? I'm not saying that every single thing that causes turbulence in your life is demonic, okay? That, that wouldn't be correct. Because if you lose your keys and you're super frustrated about it, that's really, you know, it could, I mean, it could be demonic, I don't know. But it's probably not, right? Probably not. Um, but on the other hand, so that's, that's one side of it. But on the other hand, some of us might think that this is just make-believe. And that that stuff's just like for, some, for the weird people, right? That... But what I want to say to you is, is that um, that's an incorrect view of what God tells us, okay? And so um, the other thing I talked about with Wayne was, I was like, you know, I don't really think this is a great time to be like, hey, if you have demonic activity, will you raise your hand so we can pray for you? Because that would be like the most weird prayer time for some of us, right? So I didn't want to do that either. And so um, we were kind of dreaming and talking and I was like, Wayne, I, I kind of have this burning desire to give the gospel message all the time. I just, it just comes out of me. Um, and I was like, you know, there's, there's power in the name of Jesus, you know? There's this power in the name of Jesus. And so we're like, okay, why don't you make a cross, you know? And people can take um, a piece.
piece of paper and sticky note. This was brilliant, by the way, from Wayne, because after you write something down on here, because I, I work in a wood shop, you can stick it down and then put the nail through it. Wayne's idea. <laughs> Heat is a sharp one. So that's the idea. You got nails here. And I'm just gonna put the first one down and I'm just gonna give an example. Totally doesn't work. This isn't intended for everybody to know your deepest, darkest, whatever. I just wrote stuff. That might mean something to me, okay? I want you to actually put the nail in. And when that nail goes in, I want you to remember what the nail means. Because on the cross, that is where Jesus declared victory over the dominion of darkness. The beauty of the cross isn't that a wonderful man died. It's that he willingly died because he saw you and he saw me. He saw that woman who was hunched over. That is a daughter of Abraham. She is special to me. And he put his hand on her and that you have access to that power today. The victory that he gave on that day is yours to take. And today, I wanna to encourage you, you might be living this Christian life out and it might be miserable for you. And can I make a suggestion for you? Is that we are either gonna be slaves to this world and the powers of this world and the demonic things of this world, the world, the flesh, and the devil, right? That series that we went through, it's not always the devil. Sometimes it's the world, sometimes it's the flesh, but gosh, sometimes it's the devil. You're gonna either be a slave to that or you're gonna be a slave to Jesus. You're gonna be a slave to the Father, a slave to the Son, a slave to the Holy Spirit, and there might be things in your life that you're holding on to that are making you a slave to the world, the flesh, and the devil. And today's the day that I want to encourage you. If that is you, I want you to get out of your seat. I want you to come write something down on here that you're going to let go of that is causing you to be a slave to the other side. And I want you to say, when I nail that on here, when I physically, I want, if you can't drive a nail, get somebody else to help you. Drive the nail in. And remember what the nail means, okay? I got more. <laughs> this is Grandpa's Bible, and I'm not going to make you put that up there because it would take the words away. Colossians 
before I do this. Ephesians 4, 27. I got a lot of Bible for you. I mean, seriously, I could go on and on here. And I'll just damper it down a little bit. But Ephesians 4, 27. Eden, I love what you're doing, by the way. Thank you. and speak truthfully to his neighbor. For we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Do not give the devil a foothold. And I just want to really quickly say that some of us have given the devil a foothold. You might not have this creepy demonic activity in your life, but you got something else. You've given permission for him to have a foothold. Has anybody ever rock climbed before? A foothold is very valuable. A handhold, nah, it's okay. You get a good foothold, you can hang on for a long time, right? Can't hang on very long with your hands. You get yourself a good foothold, don't give the devil a good foothold. And that some of us, I'm just gonna kind of prompt some things here. Some of us have given the devil a, a foothold through opening doors that should never be opened. Men, this is a big one. Not all of us, but some of us, it's pornography and lust. Opening that door provides a foothold for Satan in your life. Alcoholism, drug abuse, just read about anger. You could go on and on and on, okay? Those things can create a foothold. The other thing I just want to suggest to you today are agreements that we've made of, of, with lies. Agreed to lies that were spoken over us. Wayne has shared with us graciously. I'm thankful for Wayne and him sharing his life because it helps me with my life. So thank you, Wayne. But he shared a while back about how there was somebody who spoke over him and said, you're never going to amount to nothing. And he believed it. And it stuck with him. He agreed with a lie. And sometimes that's somebody, and unfortunately sometimes it comes from within the family, but sometimes it comes from outside of the family, that might be a person, but it also might be the work of Satan. And the Bible depicts him as drawing arrows and shooting little arrows through our armor, through the shield of faith, right? Sometimes we don't have our shield of faith up, right? And we're not believing what God says who we are. And we get hit with little lies. Like, you always do that. You're not any good at that. Right? You can't do, you name it. And we agree with those lies and therefore become bound, right? And that is the act of the demonic. And I'm saying that right now, here and today, we have the power of Jesus available. You don't have to be at church. You can do it anywhere you want. But we have the power 
of the cross available to us. And I'm now going to read Colossians 2.14. I'm getting close to being done to see you. Thank you for giving me your time here this morning. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive in Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it on the cross. He took it all away and nailed it on the cross. And then here's the fun part, okay? That, this is the last part of that verse, verse 15. And having disarmed the powers and authorities... He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Do you know what triumphing over them means? The NFL actually made it a foul to triumph over. If you, if you score a touchdown and you're triumphing over the guy who, you, you know, they actually made that. They're like, mm, that's not okay. But Jesus triumphed over Satan about what he did, how he won on the cross. Jesus celebrated over Satan. You have no power over them anymore. Daughter of Abraham, stand up, right? Son and daughter, you are precious to me. Get up, don't believe those lies anymore. Don't agree with those lies. This is who you are. This is who you are. I want to invite you forward. We got a last song. And I want to invite you to take a step towards deliverance. Okay? Can I just give a little disclaimer? It doesn't have, by the way, I just wanted everybody to come up. So please don't let just one person come up because I know we all have stuff to do to deal with with God. So it could be anything, okay? Uh, I'm going to be hanging out up here. Wayne's going to be hanging out up here. If you want prayer for something, um, I'd love to pray with you, okay? And again, it can be about the weird stuff or it doesn't have to be, okay? It could be anything, all right? Thank you. Thanks, Kurt. Hey, can we give him a hand, huh?